Hi, everyone. I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast about acting, art, and life, and that tricky little thing we're all after but rarely find ourselves in, the moment. In this series, I talk to all kinds of creatives and friends about the joys and the ah, heartache and challenges of acting, writing, producing, and getting out of our own ways to be the creative channels we all are. For more information, go to anthonymile.com, and you can also find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Okay, I hope you enjoy. On today's episode, we have actor Daryl McCormick, starring in Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, which had great success in the 2022 Sundance Film Festival. They talk about the importance of kindness and relationship in the industry, allowing yourself to step into big opportunities, and finding a piece of yourself in every role. Keep an eye out for Good Luck to You, Leo Grand on Hulu, as well as Peaky Blinders on Netflix. Anthony has a new book coming out, Unstuck, a life manual on how to be more creative, overcome your obstacles, and get shit done. Check out anthonymindel.com unstuck to sign up for updates, promotions, and enter to win a free signed book. Welcome to another episode of In the Moment podcast with my guest all the way from Belfast, <laughs> Daryl McCormick. And What's up, Daryl? I've been hey. to Belfast. You have? I, I dated a girl once from Belfast. Oh, wow. <laughs> she was, it was when I was studying abroad 20 some years ago, and her name was Ruth, such an Irish mm. name. Yeah, it is. And she was blonde and blue-eyed and very sweet. I just remember, <laughs> I, I had this idea that Irish girls were really sweet and nice, but oh, mm. she really, and I was like, I didn't know I was gay. I mean, I was gay, obviously, but I didn't know I was gay back then. Mm-hmm. So she scared me. She was really like ready to like have a baby. Settle down. Oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> So that's my experience of Belfast. I think we. I'm glad, slept- I'm glad you didn't get didn't get held down in Belfast. We slept in separate beds, even though I was in her house. It was so weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would have been that would have been a while ago. Yeah, Ireland is Ireland has come a long way, but definitely in the past it would have been a bit more behind America for sure. So how are you, my friend? It's good to see you. I'm doing really well. I'm really yeah. well. You know, I've been very fortunate this year. I've been very busy and working on on multiple projects and stuff. Like you should always count your blessings when that's the case. But um, on top of that, just kind of life is itself. I think post lockdown, post COVID, everyone's kind of had a real kind of maybe insular year or a year to just kind of reflect and grow and have that space, I guess, from the normal pressures that like the the regular world will put on us and. I turned 28 like about six months ago you know I'm at an age where I'm about to come in into more of my adulthood years and and it's really good I'm I'm really kind of really happy it's it's I'm enjoying my progress just as a human being so uh, things yeah. are going really well yeah I'm keeping really well I think you're really stepping into yourself Daryl you know what I mean like you know that's exciting that you're all growing it, up it is you know it's so like I think when you get to like, I don't know, I, I also am a bit into astrology and I, I saw a psychic maybe three months ago and um, 
I know that I'm entering into my Saturn return, which is around the 29 and a half year mark. It's meant to be the kind of final push into adulthood. You know, it's where you kind of have had your early mid twenties mistakes and you kind of have a better, you know, better sense about life and things. And I, I could just feel like over the last year or so, or six months, like, you know, really knowing where my values are and not just knowing them, but being able to kind of embody them a bit more and have the confidence to go, no, this is what I believe. And this is what I want to put out to the world. This is who I want to be. So it's, yeah, it's a good time. I do like late twenties. I think it's, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Yeah. Saturn return. My boyfriend's going through Saturn return. So that a, that shows you how young my boyfriend is, but also, <laughs> <laughs> but I think Saturn return can be quite disruptive for people, especially if they're, I mean, you, yeah. you know, you want to be an actor and you're an actor. Like I think for other people, it can be, it, it's an exciting time, but it can also very much sets forward sort of the trajectory of I yeah. think the next listen nothing yeah. is ever written stone right and we're, we're yeah. living in uncertain weird dare I say it bleak times in a way you know what I mean that, mm. that like mm. everything is really subject to I don't know radical change so absolutely it is it's, it is interesting I know I know for sure that like it is also kind of just a defining time and it's like it, it's when things can come together or fall apart. I remember this psychic uh, lady telling me, but um, it's been good. I've been, I feel very blessed and kind of, and particular with work as well. Last year was quite tricky, obviously with, with lockdown and everything, but it's kind of, it's just an exciting time. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm enjoying the ride. So you're in Belfast, you were saying before we started rolling, you're in Belfast because uh, you start shooting tomorrow. You start well, actually, the production starts tomorrow. I start shooting uh, on Tuesday. But yeah, so I'm about to start an on Apple TV series, like a 10 part series that's written by Sharon Horgan. So I think Apple will be streaming it and then it'll be shown on ABC Studios in America. Oh, um, yeah, so it's, it's a, I don't know. It hasn't been pre- like the rest of the press release yet because I think they're still working on a title. But um, it's kind of mainly based in Ireland. Um, and primarily Irish cast um, and kind of follows like eight lead characters. So yeah, it's great. It's like a 10 part series. It's like the kind of longest lead role I would have had in, in, a, in a show. And, um, and I think I'm also really excited to, to do a show that will kind of, kind of bring me into American television, you know, cause I haven't really done anything there that's kind of will be shown on, you know, uh, channel in America which is which is exciting because I'm half American I have a passport I want to get out there and work and so it's it's nice but yeah we're about to start this tomorrow which will kind of end up being a seven month journey really until the beginning of 22 2022 Whoa. wow okay yeah it's crazy like the I don't shooting times have really I mean because everything is like series now is I have a client at our London school and actually she's here too but she's based in London but she was here in LA and she's one of the leads on uh, Bridgerton now mm, and mm. like yeah yeah long, it's long stick long, long stick it's long yeah absolutely and it's like I think it's no wonder that you become family with the people like I mean one of the first things I clocked when I started meeting the other cast I was like oh my god everyone's so kind everyone is so kind of like it feels quite kind spirited you know uh and then obviously the table reads you see you see everyone's talented and so the, but kind being the number one thing you're like i'm going to be spending a lot of time with these people 
and it's so it's so kind of relieving to know that they're kind and that they're kind of because there's plenty of obviously people there can be people in the industry that it's you know it's kind of can be tricky to work with and stuff and um so it was such a relief just to know oh my god everyone's so kind and i just love i love that my friend who's a big casting director here in LA, he likes to joke though, like for all of his shows, season one, everybody loves each other. They're like, oh my God, I love you. I'd be so happy. And then by season two, they've all slept together and they hate each yeah. other and they hate going to work and it's a nightmare. So they're like no, tearing each other's hair out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, I mean, yeah, you know, it is kind of, it's a family, right? And sometimes families mm. can be dysfunctional and like, yeah. I don't know, yeah. it, it is, it's, it's different for, for every actor, right? Because yes, the group of people that are assembled, if you're feeling that vibe already, you're probably lucky. Because I know some people, uh, you know, I've worked with who've been on shows for like four or five years and it's like, the shows operate really smoothly. Mm -hmm. But then I know other people who have had, like, they're like, get me off of this show. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's yeah. I, it speak, I think it speaks, Daryl, sometimes to like, this idea as actors, because we're so oriented toward getting the job, but there's not a lot of talk about, well, what happens when you get a job that, I actually had somebody on my podcast uh, a while ago, we haven't released it yet, but she got like a dream job. She mm. did 22 episodes of a, of a network show here in America and it was a big breakthrough for her. She was mm. so miserable. The set was really kind of hostile. She mm. got, I don't know if she got fired or she just decided not to renew. I don't remember for the next season. And it was like, I think that's something that's really important to talk about mental health because a lot of times the actor gets the thing that we're told we've got to get. And then mm. you're like, wait a minute, this isn't what I signed up for. You know what I mean? Yeah. It can be tricky. I, I agree. I think like, I think that in a way there is, I know when I was first coming out of drama school, you know, all my goals were very much like, pin up kind of poster dreams or kind of what what it should look like what success should look like and I just think uh, as I'm starting to like develop and and it's kind of more what work leaves with me that I'm excited about like or what I can leave with the work like what part of myself can I bring that is that can remain with the work and like and the more and more I see you know projects like that or projects where I look at and go no I can genuinely offer something here as as just who I am Daryl not not just as an actor but my life experience and that's kind of like more of a draw for me now nowadays than kind of trying to do the quick math of like what what will lead to what you know because I've just found that like it's the it's the relationships and it's the kind of people I've worked with that have really actually impacted me the most it's not exactly the kind of success rate of anything it's how I've gotten to meet people from different walks of life whether they're working class or whether they kind of got into the business a bit more easier or just seeing kind of a mix of kind talented hard-working people and just being inspired by them um, and then being lucky enough sometimes to befriend, befriend them and have them in your life but it is interesting because I think that there isn't much talk about that it's always about kind of how how the end product looks or you know these ideas and I think when you just kind of get in into it yourself you kind of go some of those images fall away and what can be left is actual real meaningful relationships like I think one of the best things I've gotten from this is just having I've like really really close people in my life that have come from working together uh, and then the things that we've managed to give each other is beyond like acting, beyond kind of doing work together, but just as human beings. Like, I think one of the first 
the first jobs I did in London was a show in, in the West End uh, with Michael Grandage. And um, I was playing a brother in the show and there was another mixed race Irish actor who played my brother. And uh, it, our relationship is still so, so strong. And I, I just remember that relationship for me was so kind of crucial because he's uh, a mixed race I Irish guy who'd been in London like eight years and I had just gotten to London. So like just kind of the, there was a, like a nurturing relationship. Like he was teaching me about, I guess, race and his, his kind of, his experience of being black in Ireland, different things like that. And it, yeah, nothing got to do with like, oh, he's writing a show. Now he's thinking, he's, you know, it's just kind of deeper than that. And I think I've gotten little things like that from most of the work I've done, thank God. You're talking about relationships and also like we forget that it's the experience we're really after, right? Like mm. forget that acting is such a moment to moment, I don't know, celebration with another group of people that it's a collaborative, really alchemical thing. And then, and then once you're done, you're done. And then like whatever happens with the final product, I don't know. I mean, that can mm. be, it's, you know, maybe if you're out on a press junket or you're like at the premiere those, those things can be exciting but it's kind of like so far removed from the memory of what the experience was you know mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. i'm always just trying to remind actors it's just really about just like anything really the moment right and like what yeah. we do with the moment yeah if you like, go play basketball or you go swim or play tennis you're not once you're you're doing it because you love doing it once it's done it's done like you mm. you are immersed in the moments of playing mm. you know mm. but i think we I, have so much expectation and meaning and attachment to like you were saying the final product or fame or success or the measurement of what that's supposed to look like that that gets in the way of i also think mm. it makes acting not really fun you know what i yeah. mean we yeah of what's fun about it yeah, and it stops it from getting into your bones, I feel. You know, those kind of little expectations that we put up on what it is, it's like, it stops us, yeah, from getting really into our core, I, I feel. Like, the film, obviously, you which you know that I've done, which is, like, been press release, um, Good Luck to Leo Grand, which I shot in March with Emma. Um, that was just such an amazing experience of that because we basically shot it in a studio in Norwich. The whole film is set in a hotel room. So we just did a, it in a, in a studio in Norwich. And Norwich was in the middle of lockdown at the time. So all the shops were closed. You know, there were some kind of cafes for takeaway coffee or whatever. But every morning we, we would walk to set because it was a 15 minute walk. So we would wake up in this little kind of B&B that was essentially just open for us because Norwich was still in lockdown. And we'd wake up every morning and I'd always see her at the bottom of the stairs and then we'd kind of have our coats on and we'd walk set and we would chat about whatever, like just, you know, 15 minutes of life or how the day was before or how the day might be today or the day after. And then we would go in, we would do our work together. We'd uh, have a little nap at lunch and eat lunch together and then yeah, work again and then walk home together and then we talk about the day. And then what we would always do is uh, we would take five minutes away from each other, five, 10 minutes. And then we had this thing called a dog basket. So I'd go up to her room, uh, her hotel room, and uh, she would set up like a pillow one end and, and a pillow for her on the other end. We'd like lie like head to toe. 
and then just like read the scenes for the following day. And sometimes I would order like Deliveroo, like some like food, chicken wings or something. And she would always be like, no, no, I won't have any. And then she'd be like, I, then I'd always order an extra bit because I knew when they got there, she would. Um, and then everyone's like, maybe on the weekend, we might have like a gin tonic or something. But it was those kind of simple moments that like really actually have stayed with both of us, you know, um, and really kind of, kind of opened up this friendship uh, that we both feel will be kind of there until until we both aren't here anymore and and that's what I remember of the film it's it's obviously we are so proud of like working together and the work we were doing but it was it was those kind of things that were so simple and so kind of you know those yeah just those simple kind of routine uh, connections and and day-to-day just willing willingness to get to know one another and kind of let each other in bit by bit and and it, it just that was that's the beautiful thing about I think this job is that we can we can buy like byproduct of working with different people different people of different ages um, different genders you know different people from different walks of life we can be kind of put in these situations where we get to know each other on a deep level. Um, because also we want we want to, I think, if we want to do good work as well. But yeah, it's just it's it's not always out there. It's not always kind of the poster that we that I would like to see, but it's it's the really magical stuff, I think. Yeah. So you were referencing Emma Thompson there. I love it. You're just like Emma. So just for my <laughs> listeners, so you just finished this movie. Good luck to you, Leo Grand, with Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson of Cruella. Like she, listen, I love that movie and I love Emma Stone. I don't, I don't want to say Emma Thompson stole the movie because Emma Stone was also really brilliant. But mm. I told you because we worked together, I was like, oh my God, you're working with Emma Thompson. I'm obsessed with her. Like, since the mm. 90s that's how did you had you gone back and seen some of her work way back when no i have no. to i have to <laughs> like it's like well, i i remember seeing a little clip of a little tiny clip of howard's end it was one of those scenes where she wasn't saying much but she was just so beautiful in it she was just so yeah. gorgeous yeah. um but yeah i need to go back and watch some of her one of my favorite Emma Thompson movies I think I told you was in the 90s with her then husband, Kenneth Branagh. He mm. wrote and directed this movie called Dead Again, where... Oh, okay. They, yeah, it's really great. They used to be a couple in a previous life. And in mm. a previous life, he killed her. And so, and then, yes, it like, takes place in like Victorian England or something. And then in modern America like mm. unraveling of their past story as they're connected. Wow. It's very, it's very interesting. And then she has to, I think if I remember correctly, she has to stop him from killing her again. I think it's something like that. Oh, brilliant. Very, oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, kind of like a thriller, so, like, you know, the ending already kind of thing. Yeah, great. Wow. Yeah, so I'd love, love to see I, more of her, her, her older I, stuff. I, I, you don't even know, like, you just know Emma Thompson of like, I don't know. <laughs> circa, like circa like, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> and she's probably so down to earth she's not like you have to watch my movies yeah i know no she is like the first time i met her i was like going for a walk with her because i was so i auditioned for this film on like a wednesday they wanted me to do another tape like essentially a callback on the friday and then at the end of that day like 20 minutes later they were like okay we want you to meet 
Emma tomorrow. And I was like, oh, for goodness sake. I was like, so literally in the space of a few days, you're trying to absolutely change my world here. Like, um, so the next day uh, I met Emma, uh, we went for a walk. We just walked around Hampstead Heath. <laughs> I needed to use a toilet when I went to her house. So I was like, look, before we go, can I use your bathroom? And then I walk in and she has a tiny little bathroom underneath her stairs, like with loads of little kind of family drawings and gimmicks and kind of really bohemian setup. But just above the toilet, just like, boom, like two Oscars <laughs> just standing there. And I'm just there peeing, being like, oh, OK, so this isn't this isn't intimidating at all. She's the most kind of there's something about her just kind of washes yeah. all of that away. And um, it's, it's so interesting because she has this kind of in a way epic kind of I don't know just Emma Thompson you know is a very iconic persona and I've told some crew who I've worked with who were who could be could have been working with her and I just said she's just so so lovely so down to earth and they're all kind of relieved you know um but she's amazing and yeah so we went for a walk around uh Hampstead Heath um and just got to know her area talked about the script talked about the film and then it was the following day. She just like messaged me on my phone. Just, just like, hey, uh, I'll see you on set. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, oh, wait, she texts the wrong person. She texts the wrong person. I was like, this is so embarrassing. So <laughs> how am I going to like get out of this? Like she texts the wrong person. That's a great way yeah. to know you got the job, Daryl. That's awesome. I don't think you told me that story. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It all happened so quick. It all happened yeah. so quick. I was preparing to I was kind of preparing for the sixth season of Peaky Blinders and then kind of wasn't really didn't anticipate doing a project prior to then because it was a month beforehand so it just like managed to fit in perfectly when they were planning to shoot this film so I just one didn't anticipate doing another project and then two obviously the scale of just working with just someone like Emma just me and her was was quite overwhelming I, like it definitely helped me break through some kind of internal like the imposter syndrome obviously was such a massive thing I remember the first week of rehearsal and then we got into the room into the studio and were blocking some of the first part of the film out the director spotted something up with me and I was just kind of couldn't really speak and then I went into the hallway and uh, she was like are you okay it's like what she's really like she was really intuitive with us which was amazing and an incredible director but she just saw that there was something up with me she was like what's up and it, I just knew when she looked at me like she could see exactly what was going on and I was like look I'm sorry I know we've been rehearsing all week and I know it's been going well and I know you know you believe in me and stuff I just find it really hard to kind of believe that I'm meant to be doing this and I'm meant to be here and yeah and I was like and it was even it was silly because throughout that week I, I had had those thoughts and some of those conversations with some close people because um, everyone was like saying oh congratulations it's so deserved and it was that those words deserved that I just really struggled with I, I, I found it hard to kind of go oh but why do I deserve this you know um, and it was just a, a great moment because I just I, I, I kind of got upset, if, if I'm honest, because I was trying to say again, look, I don't think I'm meant to be here. And I was like almost also fed up of me saying this, but really kind of important. And I really like hope everyone gets past that because it's just so more, much more relieving that when you are in a room and you are working on something, it just should be a guarantee that you're meant to be there. You know, you're meant to be doing that work and you're meant to be surrounded by maybe those other actors that you're working with.
it's just a long journey to get to that place where you can finally go, no, I, I'm, I'm deserving, deserving of being here. I've lectured on imposter syndrome stuff and like, but something that just came up for me hearing you say that, cause I don't think you and I had talked about that, but, but I, mm. I this girl that I was mentioning, this girl, Simone, do you know Simone Ashley? Oh yes. Yeah. 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 She's oh, yeah. going to be the new, new yeah, British. She's in the new, yeah. So, but she, the same thing happened with her, like right before yeah. maybe she started filming and this same imposter syndrome came up. But I think the imposter syndrome is a, is a label or a mask we put on ourselves that really tries to find a more, it's, it's hiding the general fear, I think, of, like, mm. it's, a, it's a diversionary word, I think. It's a mm. distracting word, because the real thing is, it's just the fear of like, oh my God, I have to step into yes. whatever, that's what it is. And so we call it, this is the thing about what I don't like about living in the 21st century is we have all these clever, like, <laughs> I use it too, but we all have these clever words, like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pivot yeah. and I, I have an imposter syndrome and I'm just like, whatever yeah, these yeah. words are, right? But I think they're just, they're clever words that try to make it seem more I don't know, mm. highfalutin then, you know what? Mm. I'm just fucking scared because mm. I'm going to be stepping into feelings and intimacy and vulnerability. Plus you're working mm. opposite Emma Thompson. Can you mm. like, you know, are you capable of going to the places that you know yes. you're capable of, which you did and which you were, mm. of course. But I think that's what it is. And, and I think that was the same thing for her. I think it's for me with anybody that, you know, <clears throat> I've coached or worked with, I think it's a trial by fire a little bit, right? And you get through yeah. it by realizing like, of course I can do it. You're a human being mm -hmm. and all these things, it's natural to feel these things. I just think those words distract us sometimes. And social mm -hmm. media doesn't help because they're repurposed over and over and over again. So eventually mm -hmm. 15 years ago or 10 years ago, I, there was no word called the imposter syndrome. Somebody made that up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? In the last decade. So... <laughs> You're as real as they get. So I'm super excited for you. So, and you know, what's, what's great for my listeners is, is it was just a two-hander. So it was just you and Emma Thompson and you play, I don't want to give too much away, but you play a sex yeah. worker, right? And yeah. she's obviously older and she's calling upon you for your services. And then yeah. the whole movie is just the two of you having long conversations. And yeah, that kind it's of amazing. intimacy is amazing. It is amazing and I think it's so interesting because the kind of blurb, I guess, if you were to look it up, it would kind of, and I've told people, you know, it's about this sex worker who comes and uh, spends this kind of course of a month with a, an older woman. And um, the first thing they think about is like, oh my God, so you're just having sex with Emma Thompson? And it's like, yes, there's, there's sex in the film, but it's like, it's actually a smaller portion of what the film is about. Um, yeah. And it's about the kind of conversations around sex. It's about the conversations around desire, around the shame that's kind of put on sex from society. Age. You know, this age is, the, the, yeah. there's questions around age and like female pleasure and like the, yeah. the right for female pleasure to be kind of explored and, and taking in the driver's seat, you know? Um, and so it's around. quite... Shame around sex work, right? Like yes, that. shame around sex work. Uh, you know, yeah. discussions around the legality of it and and right. kind of yeah. of its actual like the taboo around sex work. What what yeah. it shows yeah. a really beautiful way what sex work can do for for people. And we felt that 
we made a film about two people uh, who have kind of pain and who are trying to find themselves in the current world. Uh, they both do different things. They both walk, come from different walks of life. Um, and it's just by circumstance that they get to one, get to know one another. And it, then that's kind of where these conversations come from. So for me personally, I'm proud of the script in the way it doesn't seem to force feed any of these ideas. They happen to be there on the basis of these two people being in the same room. And so I, I really I'm excited to see or hopefully see that people kind of are challenged and people are kind of questioning things in their own life. It's a really unique piece. I've not I've not really seen anything like it and I've not really read anything like it. So it's totally uh, nerve wracking and scary to see how people will respond because uh, we kind of gave every we gave all of ourselves to it. <laughs> we kind of had no we had no real choice because obviously some of those those things that we, I was just mentioned we both uh, really believe as people. So um, there was just there felt like such a responsibility to give everything that we could, and then you know that you have to leave uh, the cards wherever they the chips fall wherever they fall. But a, a great experience, a beautiful experience. Have you seen a rough cut? Yeah. How yeah. was it watching yourself? Like? <laughs> oh my God. Like I saw so the first time we went to see a cut, me and Emma went into Soho and we were like, okay, so we're going to have lunch beforehand. Then we're going to go see the film and then we're going to go have dinner. So we went in. One, I was so excited, obviously, to see the film, but I was so terrified as well because... I haven't seen myself that often on that much on screen uh-huh, in that uh-huh. kind of long period of time. Uh, obviously, Emma's a little bit more used to it. So um, I wasn't really able to come away from the film and have a, a, an opinion on it because I was just so kind of like traumatized by seeing myself. I was just like, oh, wow, also- my face looks there. Oh, that's what my <laughs> voice sounds like there. Oh, look at my body. That's so long and oh, weird. That's just- like- Wait, 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 Daryl, you just, you only watched yourself. You did not, you weren't able to see yourself in the context of a story. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. what's insane. Yeah. But go ahead, go ahead. That's well, so but cool. Yeah, and, and of course, I, people, you know, some of my close people were like, oh, how was it? I was like, I can't tell. I actually have nothing to tell you. I don't know. But we have seen more cuts now. We've seen the third, third, fourth cut and... It, oh, wow. I'm able to rem- okay. yeah I'm able to remove myself from it more and more each time and actually enjoy what the film is so they're looking at trying to get it into Sundance Film Festival potentially um, sure, yeah but Emma's really really proud of it. I'm very proud of it and she's sending it around to like her close people as well and she's already getting some amazing kind of feedback and and more importantly for her women around her own age as well so it is it's exciting I'm mm. I'm I'm excited, but nonetheless, we're just so proud of both of us, just and how much we showed up for it, and 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 for her as well. She she has done definitely some brave moments in that film for her, that oh, at yeah. her age and at her level of career, she did not need to do, and yeah. and it's just a testament to her, you know. Oh, um, I'm so glad she had you to work off of because you hold space and you're mm. vulnerable and you're very compassionate, and uh, I mm. can't wait. To- Like, I'm so excited for you. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice. And hopefully book the fucking job. So, were were you born in Ireland? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, and you grew up there, and then what's your, yeah. and then what what was your journey into like the you went to drama school in London and like how yeah. did we meet? I tell I don't know. Fill, I'll, fill I'll tell you the journey. History. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the journey is my dad is from Baltimore, Maryland. My mom is from Ireland. And so she, wow. they met, they met when they were kind of in their early twenties. And uh, my mom came back to Ireland, and gave birth to me in Ireland. So I grew up and basically lived in Ireland my whole life with my American family in Baltimore, which who I would see every few years. And so I grew up in a place called Tipperary, Nina, which is a small town. Yeah, it was just kind of like single mom and just kind of wanting. I obviously had an interest in performing arts, as that's what we call it, like in my hometown. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, would it do like kind of choral society or kind of singing and dance or uh, my mom would drive me in and out to Limerick which was the closest city and we'd go uh, she'd, I'd have like yeah kind of acting classes and things like that and we used to always go to the cinema together as well every kind of weekend it was always a thing we used to do yeah and then once I got to like finished secondary school um, I kind of had to decide what I was going to do for for college uh, university so I, I studied at a, a music and drama conservatory in Dublin called DIT, which was just like a three-year theater training course. So I was there for three years. Like definitely the first two years was just like enjoying my freedom and like being outside of like living away from home. Um, the third year I knuckled down a bit more. Yeah. And then I came out of drama school in like 2014, started like just working and living in Dublin I mainly just kind of waiting tables and working in restaurants and hotels and clothes shops and stuff and doing bits of theatre anything I could do and then little bits of tv every once in a while and then things really didn't kind of kick off for me in uh, in a way went until I moved to London which was 2014 so I moved to London 2014 moved over without a job uh, without any acting job was just like you know what I need to kind of get out of Ireland and try my hand at London I love Ireland I love Dublin and the, the industry there but I felt felt like it wasn't diverse enough for me to kind of see where I could go in a way yeah I didn't know what was the extent of how far I could go there were yeah less opportunities there for me so when I got to London, I just started waiting in an Irish cafe. And I, and this is where I'm going to flag uh, where I came across you because I, I was basically waiting tables like full time job had no I, I wanted to keep just that curiosity alive. Like I wanted to keep feeling like I was like taking stuff in learning and I stumbled upon um, your videos just on YouTube. And um, honestly, like, uh, I know we've known each other for a little bit now, which is, it is mad, but I just found your videos like such a saving grace. Like, I honestly, and I'm, you know, this is not just, <laughs> this is me just <laughs> praising you, but it, I just felt like when I started listening to your videos, I was like, oh my God, like, oh, oh, I can, this this like a much easier way of like kind of doing this or like letting go and kind of, and I just, I really felt like it, over a course of just like watching your videos, I started going to some part-time school as well in London. I, I just started to like enjoy it again. Like I started to enjoy acting and kind of, it didn't, it wasn't about a thing that I had to do or had to make the use out of from being in London. 
and I just saw the, the change, like the change. I was enjoying myself. I kind of was, yeah, using myself more in the room and kind of showing Daryl from Tipperary in London. And yeah, things started to go well. Um, but it was it was funny because for a while, like it was I didn't have much access to more training. I had your like your books and your videos and uh, it was all I needed. It was like it was specifically the kind of point in which like things started to shift for me. So thank you, by the way. <laughs> it's so it's so, so funny. No. Honestly, it's so it's so funny that like I'm sitting here like on your podcast now because the like yeah like you, you I'm sure you would have known but obviously this is why you do it but like you know obviously you're halfway across the world and like your work and what you do was completely like helping me like find a new kind of lease of lease of life all of my friends all of my friends just like this guy this guy this guy like sending them videos I was like honestly it's gonna like help you kind of get in touch with yeah just your own person as well and that's why I think was was so kind of it's so refreshing w w with your work is just that it's about who you are and it's about what what we have to offer so 2017 to 2021 it just kind of started working and and making my way bit by bit more um jobs and and kind of over the last two years it's been a bit more of a regular occurrence where I just yeah work as an actor so it's been a well, blessed a blessed time I mean I feel like every time I came over there I you were always because you were always working in theater I mean that's how you really mm. started to get your chops right mm. but I always would remember I would do it an intensive and you'd be able to come for like one of the day one day and you'd always be <laughs> standing in the back of the room and, but I love it because you would like stalk me slightly and I, I loved was, it I was. <laughs> but I loved it and even then, when I was in LA I came over I was like, this oh, thing right. like, I forgot I, about that. Oh my God. I came to LA. Oh shit. That's right. And you I came to meet... the studio. Yeah. You stalked me at the studio. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but let me just like, go to Vancouver and I'm just there as well. <laughs> Sydney, you're going to show yeah, yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I wanted to say like, what was the big takeaway? You working with Emma Thompson, you realize probably like, oh, at the end of the day, even though we're playing these characters and it's about all those subject matters that we, we talked about, it's still essentially you and Emma Thompson having a conversation. Mm. You know what I mean? That's mm. the thing we mm. forget. Like, if I'm the audience member and I go and see your work, and let's say I didn't know you and I don't know Emma Thompson, I see the roles you're playing. I see it mm -hmm. in context of the story, you know, uh, evoking the parts of yourself that work for the role it's really yeah. that simple i'm reading this while i'm done with this now this really great book of mike nichols i don't know if you remember mike nichols he worked with emma thompson a lot so mike nichols was a big director he did he won okay. like seven tony awards he directed um um the graduate who's afraid of virginia wolf Oh, yes, yes. Okay, yes. so I'll send you the, you should, you, I think you would love this book. And, and then he worked with Emma on um, um, Angels in America, mm. right? And mm. uh, a couple other films, I'm not remembering. They were very, very close friends. Mm. And he also directed Meryl Streep and a lot of stuff. I mean, he was a, a, such an actor's director. And, um, mm. you know, from the late... 60s all the way through the 90s anyway 
one of my favorite quotes of his and throughout the book, he's the way he talked to actors and worked with actors is so much about what our work is about. But one of my favorite quotes that I always post on Instagram is he was in rehearsal. I don't remember with who, and they did a, a scene and he's like, that's terrific. Now cut the bullshit and do it again as you. <laughs> and I love it. It's so, because actors get stuck on playing an idea or what they think yeah. the character is supposed to sound like or look like, or, you know, we get trapped into so many things and trying to just distill it and, and simplify it, which as you just talked about is not easy. It's so hard to show mm. up in the work with all of our mm. stuff and tell mm. story from that kind of truth. Mm. People underestimate, but that's, that's how hard it fucking is. Mm. It's really hard to be there, to mm. be somewhere with another person and tell the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just like life, and the more, just like life, it's yeah. hard. And, and the more and more I've, I'm start, I started to work, the more and more I see like my backstories are very much like replicating my own life. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, do you know what I mean? Yes. Or some version of it, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, what is happening here? Like, I'm, you know, trying to find parallels and trying to find parts of myself in the character over and right. over again. And yeah. it's when those, you know, when the character's saying something that I've said before or something like that, that's when I just feel like I don't have to act. It's, it's like it's like when I can just speak full my full truth into a scene or something. And I think the more and more we find ourselves in these roles the quicker we're going to be able to really also play in a way you know what i mean because it's like i if if i'm being myself how can i be wrong do you know what i mean how can i do how can i do something wrong if i'm if i'm fully owning my whole my whole truth also why did you end up getting that job after you spent the day talking to emma not that that was an audition but when mm. she texted you like i'll see you on set it's it's a testimony to who we are is enough, who we are is interesting, who we are is full and, and weird. And you know what I mean? And, and yeah. if you wouldn't have gotten a job, that doesn't mean, it just means maybe your essence or who you were just wasn't yeah. as much of a match to what they were looking for. And that's exactly. why we have to keep remembering. It's just not personal. It's just yeah. not, you know, yeah. it's like dating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Totally. I, I went on a date the other day and uh, second date with this girl who I thought was so stunning, this theatre director. And I thought okay. the first date was like a date, but I think she saw it as like a friend thing. Friends. And, yeah. and the second day, <laughs> the second day I was sitting there, I was like, I was in my head, I was like, this just really isn't datey vibes. I was like, why is this feel? So I was like, okay, I just have to speak my truth. I was like, look, I was like, by the way, I'm, I really kind of into you. I think it was because the first day, basically, she had kind of been seeing someone and she was like, okay, let's go as friends, you know, let's meet up as friends. Of course, I was just like, I was totally honoring that, respecting that, but I was also hopeful to be like, who knows, like, if, if we got to know each other, she might just kind of also like me or, and then, um, and so that's fine. The second day she was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm properly seeing this person. I was like, oh, sweet, like, I, I'm happy for you. <laughs> but also got it I was also just yeah, like, yeah. But at the end of the day like she was still interested in who I was she really liked who I was you know it was again it's not that kind of personal thing but it is it is uh yeah and I think within regards to work when you actually finally understand that and accept that it's just kind of like it's exciting because you just 
get to go okay whatever comes around for me is for me and you get to then also like alleviate the kind of you know I used to have quite a lot more jealousy like when I saw character like actors do well or they're doing Uh, roles uh, that I went up for or wanted to do and when I see them in something I'm or like I see they get cast in something now I'm like great it's like they they were meant to get that role like um and when yeah it's just such it's such it's so easier just when you're in that place because yeah, you can I mean, get off, you can just move on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's none of that kind of point. compare and despair that you, you speak about is yeah. crippling. It's not, yeah, I, I think that's beautiful that you're saying that because it isn't a competition, right? Once you start to, you just stay in your own lane. You're going to yeah. get the things that you're supposed to get. I mean, yeah, wow, that's a very interesting. Um, you know, I taught at the gaiety. Did you ever know that? Wow, did you? I love Dublin and I loved my time there, except it rained the entire time. It was so cold. It was like so cold. I thought I was going to die. And I think the time I was there, they were like, it was the coldest time, you know, those records have been broken since then. But uh, I was, I did a two day workshop, but it was interesting because I felt like the Irish actors totally got what I was saying, but really getting them to release into themselves was a bit of, that was harder for them for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's, you know, a lot of times when I go to London and, and teach, it's it's the same consideration, which is just getting, uh, you know, maybe it's a little bit of culturalism, which is getting yeah. them to yeah. be more unapologetic and yeah. less, apo- you know, less apologizing for the, the way they want to do it and just do it anyway, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it is interesting though, I mean, I, of such admiration for a lot of Irish actors and stuff. Um, I definitely felt growing up, I definitely in drama school and things like that, it was, it was, it was felt a lot of the time about like, who's going to be the first to find the formula, how to be good at acting. And then like, who's going to just do that the best? Like, and, and it felt like we were just trying to find ways to kind of appease the, the tutors. And obviously the yeah. teaching also didn't help that as well. If they were kind of, trying to get us to do something right you know what I mean and it it does it is interesting because when you come out I feel like the quicker you can unshackle this idea of uh, either perfectionism or this kind of this idea of a perfect audition or whatever it is the quicker you get into a space where people are interested I think you know and it is something about Ireland maybe it's the kind of Catholic kind of shame or guilt or whatever it is that's definitely there's something in the culture there that will probably keep everyone kind of behaving well kind of keep everyone you know I would have gotten a bit of that but then at the same time because of my American side there's part of me that's probably a little bit like a little bit more yeah I don't know I don't know but I think I think it's what you say is like a lot of times if you look back at in the UK it's just anywhere like as mm. when we're younger freeing ourselves from the roles uh, the rules and the restrictions like you said like getting our tutor to like what we're doing or finding the mm. formula or mm. you know it's kind of staying in a very conservative approach to doing something right as opposed to when you're trying to do something right you're actually doing it wrong and it takes a while to untrain yourself from that I think like the actors that we like are wild and free and always, I'm always saying they're just doing it their way. You know what I mean? That's why mm. we respond to it at a visceral level. Yeah. But I, I um, love one of my favorite things I, I took away from an actor, Andrew Scott. I just one line that he took away, I took away from him 
it was such as an interview for a play maybe and he was like I think you just asked like what's the rehearsal process like for you and he was just like I think he's like 95% of the rehearsal for me is just me feeling embarrassed <laughs> just like <laughs> yes and that's all he's that's all he said but like to me I took away so much it was like oh God, he's just feeling embarrassed because he's trying things and he's like putting himself in that place where he he doesn't know and he's not trying to necessarily know but he's in a pursuit to you know more clarity maybe and and in that pursuit he's just falling on his face and and it's so true because I think there's we're all in those moments like whether it even be in a scene or 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 a monologue or whatever it is we have those options to kind of completely throw caution to the wind and, and we just know that kind of that feeling of like okay your face starts to get red you kind of like apologize or like it just really fell flat in its face or really the wrong kind of thing but it, it, in those in those areas obviously such pockets of clarity and direction and and I think that the people who are willing to just do that time and time again it's just it's amazing uh, but it, it's just that it's just that like human yeah. thing like whether or not like we can just allow ourselves to be in that place of just on the unknown and just kind of yeah it's a human thing to get things wrong I think we should remind ourselves of that you remind I mean this is what you talk about it's great well I love that you said that I mean that's why he's a really great actor and people respond to him but I also love when actors talk about acting that way because then for other actors it makes it accessible I knew when I was acting I knew in spite of my training up until that point, I read an article about William Hurt. I don't know if you know William Hurt. Oh, yeah. Hurt. Yeah. So he was like, I mean, he's still around, but at the time in the 90s, yeah, the early 90s, he was, you know, as big of a star as it gets, right? And I remember one of his co-stars said something like, you know, working with William was is so scary because it was always different and nothing like the, the, the actress is saying how everything was always new and it was always, she just had to always be available because she never knew which way he was going to go. And so Daryl, for me, this was even before I knew how to work that way because I was trained very structured and like, you know, like mm -hmm. it was kind of bullshit. Mm -hmm. It was all about me exercising a you know, a construct, like, mm -hmm. you know, it's bullshit acting is really what it was, right? Mm -hmm. And then I read this article and it stood out to me because I was thinking, how, how is he so different all the time? And how is it so fresh and real? And then I learned how to work this way, which is all about listening in the moment and reacting and, and you have an idea, but then you let the idea go to what your partner is giving you. And what is my point about this? I guess my point is, is when actors, like you're talking about talk about their access to themselves in ways that are not bullshitty then other actors realize like you know what I can do this and yeah my way is okay mm. and whoa if he's embarrassed most of the time there's nothing wrong with me that I feel embarrassed and and feel like I'm floundering and but yeah but it's important for actors to keep talking about their approach that way and that they're just trying to figure shit out because that's all an actor is really trying to do, you know, really yeah. great actors. I couldn't agree more. I need to read that article. It reminds me of something um, that I kind of just found in, in, in the process of doing this short film. And um, 
the last kind of scene of the short film is just seeing this guy who kind of wakes up from a bad dream and then decides to call his mum and just catch up with him. And it's kind of just based around lockdown and, and, and us missing family and feeling lonely and stuff. And and it's just a phone call takes place where he's just trying to catch up with her, but he starts to get a, a little bit upset um, by missing her and, and she he kind of doesn't want her to know. None of this was pre, pre-planned. This is just something that kind of in the process of shooting kind of happened. I remember because we had a two, we were shooting in Brixton and the first two takes that came by, um, we yeah we heard like a big loud motorbike like like in the distance like cut whatever and then this the first one we did I think the first one we got through was like it just kind of it was fine it was a good take but like I was hoping for because it's the end of the film I was hoping for something you know we were all wearing we could feel it and then another take we tried and something else went like the sound or something and and then I just remember hearing the director going, okay, guys, this is the last take. This is the final take. And literally the literally last scene of the film and the final take of the day, I was about, as so I was getting back into position, pretending to be asleep and wake up. And uh, I was like ready to like kind of wake up. And then I just heard this motorbike coming. Like kind of I was like, okay, I was like, just keep pretending to be asleep because this bike is going to come and go and there's no point in doing it now because it'll ruin the take again. So anyway, the bike goes and then eventually comes out of sound. And then there was a siren that came and then that went, that came and went. And so by, by the time, like there was space to actually begin the scene, there was like four or nearly five minutes. Like there was something about them also allowing it, giving me the space just to kind of continue. And then I, I gave myself like another 30 seconds and I was being like, just like totally unapologetic by just like, let this space just sit here like and let's just see what kind of comes from it and it was from like this kind of silent agreement where the crew and everyone was like allowing me to do my thing and I was just kind of going with the silence that was there um and then out of it like I woke up in the scene and it everything felt so kind of real and alive and you know, like this idea of like him hiding emotion from his mom came and but it was just it, it, gave, it was such a lesson for me um, of like being apologetic if, if there's something you want to try or there's something that's coming to you um, is just like, yeah, uh, being unapologetic is is great. Just taking the liberty just to like kind yeah. of try something, you know, um, and it, it was it's interesting. I just watched an actors on actors video and Brad Pitt was talking about how he um he was working with Anthony Hopkins one time and the scene wasn't working. And then Anthony Hopkins literally just before they went into another take, like (laughs) turns his back to everybody for like 30 seconds. And then just like, like allowed himself just to settle for 30 seconds, like just turned his back on everyone and then turned back around and then just went into the scene and something, he was like, it was, you know, something, yeah, something happened. But again, it's just that those, yeah, trying to normalize, I guess, spaces where you can do that, you know? Yeah. Well, I think your story about your short film experience is also is a great reminder that it's all a great experiment. That's all it is. Everything. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. yourself, acting, exploring. We have to be free to, to know that it's all experiment and being brave to try it like you said yeah i mean that's a perfect segue to our speed round because we've already talked an hour it goes by so fast wow um i know it's crazy um okay so speed round don't overthink it if you weren't an actor what would you be musician 
oh god okay if you weren't so same like, thing <laughs> yeah same thing what's your favorite film of all time or just a favorite film of yours uh probably dog day afternoon i really love that film dog day afternoon yeah i really th- love john cazale i think it's gorgeous yeah yeah uh what's something you can't do without oh music in a way sorry yeah you have to be sorry i love music <laughs> Um, who's your celebrity crush? Can be a guy or a girl. Emma Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> That's too easy, but okay. No, it is. It is. Mar- Margot Qualley. Yeah. Margot Qualley. Yes. Qualley. 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 Yes. 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 I think she's gorgeous. I, yeah, she's great. What's your advice for your younger self? Uh, trust. Trust in yourself. Trust you have enough. How would you describe acting in one word? experience (laughs) (laughs) what scares you the most these are getting harder failure in a way oh wow okay or or, or, on maybe no i can i can define that better like on unfulfilled potential or just like not having kind of given unfulfilled yeah yeah um what's something that you learned working with with me Wow, I guess it com- comes back to trust and uh, trust, yeah. and knowing knowing yourself that you have you kind of have all the tools. Yeah, yeah, you do. And Daryl, last question: What's your definition of love? Uh, kind of understanding. Yeah, yeah just complete com- complete whole acceptance and understanding. I always say my definition of love is just this moment right now. Hmm. <laughs> So Daryl, thank you so much for being here. Where can the listeners find you? Oh my God, I don't really have any uh, websites. Are you on Instagram? I don't even think I follow you on Instagram. No, I got off Instagram like a year and a bit ago, I think. Oh wow. You can find find me on Twitter. Some kind of niche tweets every once in a while. Anthony just made a face, just like, just for the listeners. Anthony was like, really? uh i i think i will come back on instagram at some point i just the few things being released at the same time i think timing wise but yeah i'm on i'm on twitter uh and um i i will be back on instagram at some point but yeah that's it really and and just yeah i love that about you i love it well people will find you it's daryl mccormick mc capital c-o-r-m-a-c-k and yeah and uh, I'm not sure when this is coming out anyway because I have so many in front of you so it may coincide with the release of the movie who knows um, yeah that'd be so amazing good timing maybe by then you're back on Instagram but you're not missing anything Daryl I think it's awesome I know, I you're, know. Not, you're not I, it's a disaster it's just it's so <laughs> if I didn't have the if I didn't have the business I wouldn't be on there I really would not that's the, that's the thing I mean there is there is such pros and cons and there are genuinely this is the thing. This is why it's so tricky uh, for people to decide whether to be on because the pros are proper pros. Like you have True. such an amazing outreach, like with what you do. That's like I remember right. when I was on, like when I was on, I was following you and I was like those little kind of reminders, those things like True. really, you're right. you know, and then obviously it's the kind of communication. And then there's that, the, the whole aspect that it, you know, it can be highly addictive and then there's the compare and despair is more likely to affect us, all those things. But there are real pros and cons. And um, I think it's just about kind of how you manage it yourself. You know, you're, you're going to get the best of both worlds. So, but I, I think I will, I will make a Instagram return. 
return. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. I can't wait. Okay. All right, Daryl, <laughs> thanks so much for being here. I love you, brother. Oh, my God. I, it's such a pleasure. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice, and hopefully book the fucking job.